only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of The Collective, The Disciple, Brett Colson and Donnie D.P. Peters. Mo is prancing about amongst the castles of Prague, but he did send his picks in. I am in Aruba, the former Dutch island off of the coast of Venezuela. I'm on some paid time off, so apologies for the lack of recap and DFS podcasts, but uh, I don't really feel that bad because I've been sitting back and drinking balashis all week. DP, you said you've been to Aruba. Can you, can you tell the people how amazing this island is? Oh, Aruba's the best thing ever. I just, I just like how it's very easy going. The beaches are, I mean, what I think are the most beautiful beaches in the world. The water is absolutely amazing. The weather is gorgeous. It's just... It's just a really good time, and it's also not that expensive to go to. Um, so, yeah, if you can afford to, to make a little trip, I would make it to Aruba over someplace like the Bahamas any day of the week. I was on a safari yesterday, and I think I broke my toe. I'm currently soaking it in ice, and it is completely black and blue. Uh, but while on said safari, I learned why the beaches are so beautiful and why they don't heat up. Normally when you're on a white sandy beach and the sun is really hot, which it is here since it's on the equator, the sand gets really, really hot. But the sand here is a combination of coral and seashells that have just been grinded up over thousands and thousands of years. So it's not traditional sand and it doesn't soak up the energy of the sun. So it's pretty amazing. This this island is just volcanic rock and then coral reefs on top of it. And then after thousands of years of earthquakes it just emerged from the sea as this beautiful island so very a very very cool place and like dp said if you ever get a chance it is it's pretty damn cheap and you have your your marriott's and such down here speaking of the heat the warmth hey brett how's buffalo doing yes we are let's see we're i think we're in at around like 10 degrees fahrenheit <laughs> right now so i hate you with a fucking passion right now it is so cold <laughs> also, another note on the Balashi beer that I noted uh, previously, the, the World Health Organization, I believe it was 2015, uh, and this is something I could probably look up and not just pull out of my ass, but they, uh, they said that Aruba has the cleanest drinking water on the planet, which makes their local beer even tastier because water plays such an integral role in the beer making process. You hear Coors Light talk about the, the taste of the Rockies all the time, and because Aruba's drinking water is so good because their their desalination process is so efficient. The beer is really good. So just another reason to come to Aruba. But more more on that maybe on a future pod. Maybe we'll do a, a travels pod in the offseason. But we've got some football to get to. It is week 15. Week 15 of the NFL season. Some of you out there are getting ready for your fantasy semis. Good luck in those matchups. And the collective has really turned... The corner, another winning card last week, three and two, the fourth in five weeks. Every single host went three and two, save for Donnie, who went four and one, his back to back four and one weeks for DP. So even though it's a little late in the game and in the super contest, we're not doing the greatest. Hopefully, again, we're giving you guys some winners and giving you guys some angles that you can make use of when you bet real American dollars with uh, your bookie or whomever you are making these transactions with. We're going to start this week. We're going to try to cram some stuff in. We'll start with a brief recap, and then we'll head over to 
uh, DFS, and then our main focus will be on the Super Contest slate. But let's just quickly tie a bow on last week, which, come on, guys. How do we not get – how do we not go 4-1? and one? How do the Browns blow that game? How is that possible? Somebody. How can either you, of you. But please. how can you say how is that possible when it's the Browns? They've done this to us for the past three years. <laughs> but that was – that was something else. Yeah, Brown should have a sign that says "Enter at own risk" at, the, at all betting windows everywhere. You should have to sign a waiver anytime you. You should you definitely have to sign a waiver. I mean, listen, we understand we're assuming that risk, but still, it's even so. Every single time, it's just as brutal as the last one. It's unbelievable with this team. I, 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 I honestly can say that I cannot believe any of that happened. It was, it was absolute insanity. I mean, 21-7. How do they blow 21-7? How? how? Right? Wasn't it 21-7? Am I misremembering this? Jesus. Hugh Jackson. I mean, if that's a tank, if, if that's an intentional, make sure we get the number one pick, then good on you. That was a tremendous performance, Mr. Jackson. But anything other than that is just simply uh, inexcusable, inexplicable, any negative word that you can conjure up to explain that. And then we had uh, our other loss was Cowboys at Giants, which I, I didn't see a single frame of this game. All I saw was our boy Rod Smith taking a, uh, would look like a screen pass to the house, but d- didn't see much of this game where I did see a bunch of randomly the Packers-Browns game while I was down here. So, uh, Brett, you've been on the New York, pick a New York team and stick it at the top of your card train <laughs> for the past couple of weeks. What What happened? In this contest. That game was... I feel like Dak's uh, ADOT was like 0.5 in this game. <laughs> but his yards per attempt was like 30. Because all all that happened was Dallas would catch the ball five yards downfield and just run it for 60. Like the Giants just had no interest in tackling on Sunday. Did not know that going into the game. I still... Yeah, that's one of those I, still... I wish we had memos. When teams are not trying, like just send send us the memo. That has a uh, joke. Who who is it? The safety on Washington. Uh, Swearinger escaping me. Yeah, DJ Swearinger just straight up says that we're not even practicing. Like, tell us that before the game, bro. Like, I kind of <laughs> said that. I kind of said that last week going into the game that that team had nothing to play for and they wouldn't show up. Yeah, you did. You did nail that. The Los Angeles San Diego Superchargers are on an absolute tear, and we uh, we may be discussing them. Uh, a little more later in this podcast. Our two victories, we laid the two and a half with the Jags, which again, that was way too close for comfort given the way that that game started. Uh, Cardinals plus three at home against the Titans. One of the ugliest football games you'll ever see. Again, this is a game where I feel like we should have covered by more. Blaine Gabbert missed Larry Fitzgerald wide open in the end zone at one point in the game, but we still covered somewhat comfortably. And then probably our best pick of the year, the 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 collective machine, which is after a terrible drought midseason, has now spit out three winners in the last four weeks, gave us the Bears, who absolutely routed the Cincinnati Bengals and peanuts for brains. I said it jokingly, would this be the only time that John Fox is not the worst coach on the field. DP, even you tried to defend peanuts for brains. Are you going to retract that statement at all? That, that Bengals performance was about... That was straight bungles, DP. 
Oh, that was so bad. I mean, I have no explanation for that one. Marvin Lewis is absolutely abhorrent as a football coach. <laughs> I'm shocked, actually, that he hasn't gotten his annual one-year extension that he gets. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's still plenty of time left for that to happen. But it's, I mean, that just trickles down from the ownership in that city where they just, they're one of those teams that they just want to slap it out there in terms of having a product that does all right to attract enough people to the stadium, sell enough jerseys, all that sort of stuff, where they can just print their millions and millions of dollars every single year and not give a crap about getting better, about putting a coach in place that's going to you know, inject some life into that franchise. They're just going through the motions, and it's kind of sad to see. But Marvin Lewis, not good, not good at all. What mystified and- me most about this game was that it was not popular in the contest. I don't get it, especially since the Bears have been such darlings. For everybody. Even the public got on board with Chicago early on in the season after they had those home wins against the Steelers. And uh, was it a near win or a win against the Falcons? But they at, were performing tremendously well as dogs and became public dogs. But, you know, this that's totally rule of people just believe in the last thing they saw. And the last thing they saw was a great Bengals performance. So they just but- bought in with at the same time, though, everyone watched that the Bengals get brutalized on Monday Night Football. They had like five, was it five players out on defense last week? Yeah, they were dying on the fields. And we'll see in some of the lines this week where, save for one contest, which is one of the marquee matchups of the week, it is, it is really rule of what happened last week. Okay, the public's just going to fall in that direction in a, in a violent fashion. So uh, let's get some DFS out there real quick. Let's... Let's just spew some takes. Much like the Thanksgiving episode, let's just get some takes out there, help some people out. The The Pizza Party will be going again this week, so be sure to check out Donnie's Twitter feed, at Donnie underscore Peters, as well as at Gridiron Gamble, and DP will let you lead us off with some DFS takes. Just just pile them on us, please. Uh, all right, so stacks, I I like my guys. Uh, I like Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I know I'm paying a very high premium. Tom Brady, 7600 Rob Gronkowski, 7300 But those two have absolutely shredded the Pittsburgh Steelers over recent years. Uh, Rob Gronkowski especially. Uh, I believe in five games he has 100 yards per game um, and eight touchdowns. Two of those games he had three touchdowns in. So... The Steelers just refused to cover Rob Gronkowski. Uh, we saw it last year in that primetime game. They just left him open all day long. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's going to be a big bounce back for Tom Brady, who looked as bad as I've ever seen him look last week. And then he's getting Rob Gronkowski back, who I think is just going to absolutely eat. And then the other one is a former New England quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo and Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is 6000 so you're paying a little bit up for him. Jimmy's uh, 6300 but... Uh, these two look as in sync as anyone in the NFL in terms of a quarterback-wide receiver combo, and they are playing the horrible, absolutely horrible Tennessee Titans pass defense. So that's who I got to go with for my two stacks. Anything else? Any any running backs, receivers? Just just pile it on us, buddy. Yeah. The, so running backs. Quickly, these names I wrote down. I won't go too much into detail on them. I'll just fire them off. Alex Collins, Duke Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, Christian McCaffrey, I kind of like James White. I think a lot of people are going to be transitioning to Rex Burkhead. I don't like that price for Rex Burkhead. I think it's way too high. But I think that the Steelers are really bad against passing running backs, so I might sprinkle in a little bit of James White at 3,600 and see what I can get there. And I like DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. Um, 
I don't know who I'm going to play or where, or maybe I'm going to gamble and play both of them in the same lineup. I don't know, but I kind of like those two against San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco is that good. Mike Malarkey is just the type of guy who runs the ball 75 times a game because he's a total idiot. Um, wide receivers, Adam Theoden, uh, D.D. Westbrook, and Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, I don't think anyone's going to be on him. I hope not. I mean, he's been horrible this whole season since Aaron Rodgers went out. But Aaron Rodgers is back. As long as Aaron Rodgers does play as expected, then I really like Jordy Nelson. I think those two are just they're connected on this weird another level that a lot of people aren't connected on, and that's his guy. That's Rodgers' guy. So I would like to roster some Jordy Nelson. And then tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, and Ben Watson. Ben Watson playing the horrible Cleveland Browns, who we all love to feast against uh, in terms of tight ends. Packers-Panthers, what a fun game, and what a terribly difficult game to handicap from not only a fantasy perspective, but just a straight-up betting perspective, because you've got the GOAT coming back, but you don't know. I mean, I guess we can assume he's 100%, even though it's a throwing arm issue. It's just a very interesting contest especially given the fact that the Packers, while they are big dogs, they are still contending for a playoff spot, and the Panthers are contending to try to maintain their spot and maybe luck box into an NFC South title, although the Saints have a bit of an easy road starting with the Jets this week. So very interesting to see what people will do with the Packers and thusly with Rodgers, Jordy, and company in DFS. Bert Minotti, your turn. Just... Pour out your cup and just spill DFS takes, please. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm paying up for stacks this week. Uh, the two quarterbacks I like the most are the two most expensive quarterbacks on the board. One is Russell Wilson. I love the Seattle passing offense this week. Uh, the total has climbed in this game more, uh, more than a point since it opened. I think the Seattle implied total is 25 now. So I think this ends up being the opposite of what we saw in the first match of this season when these two teams, uh, the Rams and Heat Seahawks, I think that. They combined for like 30 total points. Uh, I'm expecting 50 or higher in this one. A lot of offense, a lot of points. I will have uh, quite a bit of Russ, Baldwin, Graham, P. Rich. Uh, I'm going to work in some Mike Davis into the stacks because I think they are going to score a lot of points in a lot of ways this week against Los Angeles. And the other stack I like is Brady and Gronk. Like Donnie said, another total that has climbed this week. Uh, the Pats in play total of the 28.5. I'm all over that stack because, uh, well, <laughs> teaser, I love the Patriots this week. Uh, running back... <laughs> And running back, uh, I like Kenyon Drake. Uh, the price is still too low for a guy who is seeing all of the work in the ground game and through the air out of the backfield, facing a Bills defense that has really underwhelmed since trading away Marcel Darius in the uh, the front four there. So I uh, like Kenyon Drake a lot. Wide receiver, there is no respect for Brandon LaFell on DraftKings ever. Five-plus targets in each of his last nine games, including one game where he had 10. He gets red zone looks. He's always on the field. And his salary is back down to 3400 Tough matchup this week with the Vikings. But uh, I expect Minnesota to try to take away A.J. Green, allow for Brandon LaFell to see some open looks. Great punt play, especially in cash games. Brandon LaFell at 3400 And uh, Jamison Crowder. I'm expecting Patrick Peterson to see a lot of Josh Doxson this week. So Crowder, again, likely to be a target monster for Washington. All the PPR goodness for Jamison Crowder this week at 5,600. I like Mohamed Sanu if you are playing the Monday slate. And at tight end, Garrett Selleck, 2,700 against the Titans. Jimmy G is showing some faith in Selleck 
And uh, Garrett has been on the field a lot over the past few weeks and a great matchup against a bad Titans defense that is 22nd against tight ends, according to Football Outsiders. Love Garrett Selleck at uh, at that price as a punt play. And I got to fit in a guy like Garrett Selleck if I'm going to work in the Saxonville defense, 4,500. It's difficult to fit them in with Russell Wilson and Tom Brady this week, but I uh, I'm going to try to do it. I love Jacksonville. Again, the matchup here against the Texans is too good. They absolutely annihilated Houston in the first matchup. So I think 10 sacks in that game. So uh, I'm going to pay up for defense when I can. I'm very happy to hear that both Ben Watson and Garrett Selk were mentioned. I am in the fantasy semis in my largest buy-in league, and I've been streaming tight end, and I had a buy. So I picked up both of them in anticipation of this week, and I've got a coin flip decision as to which one to roster. So uh, I'm glad to hear that at least whomever makes the final cut, uh, I have confidence in at least one of my fellow collective members. Uh, I don't have much this week. I've not studied as much, so I don't want to give out bad information. I will say that uh, I have to, while I hate it, agree with the Patriots call, given rule of mo. You know, we're clicking on guys that looked the worst last week because Tom Brady looked the worst last week. Did not have a single passing yard in the first quarter of a primetime game against the Miami Dolphins. And this is a gorgeous spot. The Steelers' defense, if you guys have not realized, this defense went from a top five unit in the first quarter of the season to a mid-tier at best unit since the loss of Joe Hayden. The Falcons can't, uh, the, excuse me, the Ravens can't move the ball on anybody. Nobody gives up yards to the Ravens, and yet they go out and they score, what, 38 points against the Steelers? Which, uh, that is just bad signs, especially at Heinz Field for Pittsburgh. So th- this there could be a ton of points on the scoreboard in this contest, given that the Patriots' defense, they haven't been, been able to stop a nosebleed all season. So... I like rostering some pats in that scenario. And there's something about this Jets-Saints game that uh, it just it feels like Saints by a million, and there's going to be a lot of points scored in this contest. And I just don't know, because they spread the ball so, so frequently, like Mark Ingram interests me with... Alvin Kamara coming off of the concussion. Like, if the Saints get up by a million, why wouldn't Kamara just sit out for the majority of this contest? And Ingram would just tote the rock for a majority of the game in massive positive script with Bryce Petty on the other side of the ball. So Ingram interests me a little bit there. Uh, but being the Saints, who knows? Their, uh, their touchdowns come from a variety of, of players, and it's hard to pinpoint one of them so so i'm gonna let donnie and and brett shepherd the information this week instead of giving you some bad advice but i am i'm, I'm very interested in ingram this week it's the smartest thing you've ever done just not giving any takes not giving any takes give specifically giving takes to brett and i and rostering the patriots specifically tom brady collectively smartest thing you've ever done rich rule of mo they, they look the worst last you're week. already drunk in aruba this morning However, when it comes to actually picking the contest, 
as we swing over to the Super Contest now. The Pats and the Steelers was a split game. We always start with split games. And it was one of seven <laughs> split games this week, which it's, it's great to have split games when one of the hosts is not here, when one of the hosts is face first in IPAs uh, in the Czech Republic once again. So let, let's start with that game. It is the marquee matchup. This game made everybody's card, Patriots at Steelers. Mo and I are on the home dog, of course. <laughs> you guys are fucking ridiculous. This is like unfucking believable. I fucking almost put this game as number one. I fucking should have. I wish I should have. God, fucking unreal. As you can tell by that, laughter and rant, Brett and Donnie are laying the points with the Patriots. And while Donnie threatened to put the game number one, Brett did put the game number one. So I'll let him Brett, lead yes, it off. The goggles. The, the blinders. The blinders are on. The Patriots whisper. Come on, I keep nailing the Patriots every single week. Of course they're the right side this week. This is the perfect setup, and it lines up exactly with what I talked about last week. The Patriots look like shit on Monday Night Football against a bad team. People start to wonder if this team is any good. And then the Patriots slaughter in a game that has huge importance for the number one seed in the AFC. Public is split on this game, which makes me feel even better that I'm on the right side with the best team in the league oh in a God. critical spot. Tom Brady is 10-2 all-time against Pittsburgh, 3-0 and in the playoffs, and I think this game has a comparable magnitude in the fact that the winner of this game is likely to get home field advantage in the playoffs. And truthfully, I don't think Pittsburgh is that good. They were exposed on Sunday night against a bad Baltimore offense. I think the Pats are going to pick them apart in this game. Love Tom Brady. Love Rob Gronkowski. Love all of them. Wouldn't be surprised at all if New England rolls by three touchdowns in this game. Why wouldn't Pittsburgh score every possession? Because the Patriots defense has been pretty no. good of late. No. Come on, I'm, th- I'm throwing Monday Night Football out, man. That game, that game was You're ridiculous. throwing Monday Night Football out when something Kenyon Drake has 170 total yards. You're just going to throw that one out. And Jake, well, Kenny, the, the Kenyon Drake of, is the best player in the league. The, the corpse of Jake Cutler <laughs> looks like Joe Montana. You're just going to toss that one out the window. We've Jer- seen this. How many times have we seen this before? The Patriots shit the bed and then look like the best team ever the following week. They've been doing this for two years. And last year, they weren't a good team. They just walked through a bad AFC and got lucky in the Super Bowl because Dan Quinn shit his pants. Like, you, guys this is, are, you guys are unbelievable. This is the same story as last year. It's the same bad Patriots team that just... <laughs> Coin Brady, as I would say. The coin always comes up, Brady. It always comes up, Belichick. This team's not good. I don't. I, I just can't see that. Why isn't this game a pick 'em? Why do they have to be minus three? To your point, the public's 50-50. Why wouldn't they just shade it a little more, knowing that the public's just going to... I guess they are shading and making it minus three. I just don't understand. I don't understand. You're right. This is the same spot every time. And the Patriots always win in the spot, every time. But it's got to stop. This team's not good. They're not good at football. Donnie, come on. Get in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, need, I, I, need... I, can't, I can't argue with, with Rich anymore. It's, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> I, I can't, there's nothing I can say to that guy to make him see the light. It's just he's in this dark, dark, dark pit of hell. 
and he's never going to come out. He's never going to be found. Hit so, of hell. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what we're going to do. So I'm just going to hang out over here with Brett and the IPAs and the blinders, and we're going to have a fucking party in the blizzard. That's what we're going to do. So, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is going to fucking shred this team. The Steelers play the same stupid zone defense every single time they play because uh, – Whatever, Mike Tomlin is the most stubborn coach of all time. Like, yeah, he looks great on the sidelines, but in terms of what's actually going on behind those cool-ass dark sunglasses that he has on, I don't think there's much in that brain of his. Uh, he's a rah-rah guy. He's just going to have his guys go out there, play the same zone. They don't have Ryan Chazier anymore, who might be the only hope that they had to cover Bronk. I, I just, you, you guys you guys are all making points that I agree with. I agree. Yeah, they're going to roll over this team, but, especially but after why, the performance they had on Monday night. Why don't the Steelers get the 35? Like Steelers I agree, are not going to get to thirty-five. Ben, Big why? Ben is inept this year. Okay, Big Ben at home. The Steelers, Big ben, when's the, the last time the When's the last time the Pats played the Steelers in Pittsburgh with Big Ben playing, and not something Landry fuck Jones playing? I mean, yeah, I'll give you that, but doesn't matter. They're still going to win. I just, I just don't see either team getting stops, so I'm going to take the home dog here. <laughs> Uh, this was Moe's number one pick. He took the Steelers' number one. Wow, what a clown. And uh, this is what he told me to say. He said, just tell the people that it should be a slam dunk, but I feel the LeBron chase down looming because I get the Pats wrong every week. But how can the better roster be plus three at home? I understand the Pats are a better team because there's a large coaching advantage, but goddamn. The better yeah. roster. They have two yeah. really good players, and everyone else is a fucking joke. Their O line's better than the Pats O line. Their O line is not that good. But it's better than the Pats O line. I would say that's a wash. So okay, what do we do now? Uh, this is the first time this has happened that we've had a number one pick on like opposing sides on a number one pick. Oh, it comes down to order. Well, that's ridiculous. What's the order? <laughs> well, the order is Donnie goes first because he went four and one last week, and then Brett. Edges out Mo slightly. Let's Brett go. Has, Brett has a fifty-one percent winning percentage. Mo has a forty-nine percent winning. Suck it, percentage. Mo. Suck it. Get better at picking, and you could have put the Steelers <laughs> on the card. But even still, Donnie still had that free veto on Mo. Correct. That is fucking right. That thing would have been used so fast. <laughs> so so Steelers was just never making the card, no matter what. So uh, we'll see what Donnie's pick is later, since he leads the pack. But Brett will be putting. <sighs> the right side on the card. The Come on, man. I've gotten paid. How many times do I have to get Patriots right before you guys start believing? Uh, another game, which I'll let you two go at it because you're on opposite sides and you both have this on your card. This and is going to be 49ers and Titans. I, I have no idea how either of you have any conviction in this game. I don't understand. Uh, Brett is taking two points with Tennessee. Donnie is laying two points with uh, a quarterback who... Should be the franchise quarterback for the Patriots, but is no longer in New England. Uh, I, I don't get how either of you guys can be confident in this game. Brett, I'll, uh, you, Brett's just Bert Stradamus over there. He just knew what game I was going to talk about, so I'll let you lead it off. Why, why do you love Tennessee here so much? Well, yeah, because Donnie talked about how much he loves Jimmy G this week, and he loves Jimmy G every week, so I knew we need, immediately it had to be 49ers. What what we've got here is a market overcorrection on both the 49ers and the Titans. The Titans, yeah, they are an average at best football team. We've been saying that for weeks, and the books have adjusted to account for that. But come on, underdogs to San Francisco? No, 
I'm taking Tennessee here. I don't see why they can't just shred this 28th-ranked defense. I'm expecting big games from Derrick Henry and this Titans rushing offense. This is a great spot for them to get right after a pitiful showing on the ground last week against Arizona. I just can't fathom the Niners being favorites against Tennessee. And, and the line is down to one at Pinnacle. Shouldn't they just... I think this game should just close as a pick. I feel like we're getting some really good value here with Tennessee. And that's why I love the Titans. Yeah, this feels like Mo, Mo was the other team on the Titans. I had the Niners as my second to last pick. I just took the home side, giving less than a field goal, and just threw it down there. It, but the more that you talk about it, I mean, this is totally a rule of what would the line have been week one. And it certainly would not have been Niners well, minus two. I mean, yeah, Jimmy G is worth a few points. But still, come on. DP. Tell us about your boy. Tell us about the most Jimmy handsome G is quarterback. Worth all the points in the National all Football the League. He's the second most handsome quarterback in in the National Football League behind Tom Brady. But yeah, I mean, listen, you like you like them all, do you? Hey, forty's the new thirty. Tom's Tom's <laughs> proven that. Okay. I mean, listen, Jimmy G is he's taking this team to a different level. I think that the the Niners are you know content with the fact that they've lost enough games that they don't really need to tank anymore to. Uh, go get a draft pick. They have their franchise quarterback. Jimmy gets better every single week. Him and Marquise Goodwin are just going to absolutely destroy this Tennessee Titans defense. I think that the coaching matchup heavily favors the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Mike Malarkey, that guy couldn't coach against a Rancho Cucamongo High School. Uh, let Rancho. Al- yeah, Rancho. Shout out Rancho. Let alone coach against Kyle Shanahan and you know that the offense that he's got playing a lot better under a quarterback that for sure has a pulse. Um, I just I can't trust this Titans team at all. I, I just if they get behind, they're just gonna keep running, which I think is wrong. If they have to throw, they have Marcus Mary Woda and he's just you know absolutely abysmal. So I have to go with the 49ers, the home team getting less than a field goal um, in in this game. I, I don't think it's really that close. I think it's pretty easy here. I just want nothing to do with this game. <laughs> I don't two two bad teams although the, the Niners are in a different class of bad than the Titans. But then again, to your point, Garoppolo has elevated this offense. And, I mean, Brett, we like Marquise Goodwin. We like Garrett Selleck. I don't know. I, I don't see Tennessee getting very many stops against this Niners team. But the, the same certainly goes for the other side of the ball. Uh, this this feels like it could be run straight for Malarkey because who who on the Titans or who on the Niners is going to stop that running attack? <laughs> I I don't see it happening. So ugly game. Even even Demarco Murray could look good in this game. Yeah, the uh, the corpse of Demarco Murray. Let's bust through some of these other split games real quick. I don't want to go through all seven, but Brett has four four of his top five picks. Four of the games on his card are split games. So I guess we'll go through the other two. He's got the Cardinals plus four at the racial slurs, and he's laying the ten and a half with the Jaguars against the Texans. Uh, I think the latter of those two is is more interesting. Uh, Cardinals slurs doesn't seem like anybody else had a lot of uh, weight in that contest. It was... Donnie and myself laying the four. I guess Mo. Mo's been on the Cardinals train, so he has Cardinals plus four near his card. Uh, I, I I guess I'm just stubbornly keeping my belief in this Redskins team. Although but why, DJ's, though? 
DJ Swearinger just stood there and told me that they're not trying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This uh, It's just Blaine on the road. C- can Blaine on the road ever get less than four points? Uh, I don't know. Again, not a game that I would be running to the board to bet on. Uh, but you love this BA coach squad, Brett. Well, I don't love BA. I-, I love this Cardinals defense right now. They've been phenomenal playing with a purpose. Fifth in total defense DVOA. That continues to rise uh they held the titans to seven points last week on 3.6 yards per play yikes and the redskins i mean basically what i expected last week the team didn't show up they weren't prepared as as dj swearinger admitted in the post game they're not playing for anything i don't see how that really changes this week even at home i love i love the number here plus four for the cardinals and I i think this ends up being a low scoring close game so I'll happily take the four with what I think could be the better team. And on the other side, you're laying the absolute wood with bottle service and company against the Texans. T.J. Yates. Going to be the quarterback since Tom Savage was sent to an alternate universe on Sunday and yet was allowed to return to the game. Uh... I'm going to admit, when I wrote this down, I made a mistake, and I thought it was Savage, but it's not. Uh, 10.5 seems light for the Jags on the spot. I mean, why would the Texans score? Brett, I think you're you're nailing this by putting faith in the Jags. Yeah, I think I've taken the Jags as home favorites in every single game, and they continue to cover. I, I don't think this line's high enough, and the movement on Pinnacle says the same. It's up to 11.5 there. Uh, the Texans' season is over. TJ Yates is starting at quarterback, and the Jaguars can absolutely strangle this team on defense. Like I said earlier, 10 10 sacks in the first meeting between these two teams. Massive mismatch here, and uh, I expect the Jaguars to win by maybe three scores. Let me just blaze through the rest of these split games. Rams, Seahawks, Bengals, Vikings, and Packers, Panthers. Packers, Panthers is fun. We should take a second on that one. Uh, Rams, Hawks. I'm surprised. Again, it's me. It's one on two. You guys are taking what seems like a side that they're begging you to take. The minus two with the zombie hawks. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> DP, why do you like Seattle so much in the spot? I, I don't understand. Seattle up in CenturyLink is pretty much all I'm going with here. What about you, Brett? Yeah, and last time we saw these two teams play, McVay shit himself and was, I mean, some of the decisions he made were atrocious. I I think he's going to try to get too cute in this game too, and I'm going to take Russell Wilson against the the Rams at home every time. I I love this number. Uh, I had this higher, but I dropped it just because the injuries on that that defensive side for Seattle are, are zombie hawks. They are zombie hawks, man. But, yeah, I still do like Russ in this spot. I, I don't know. I see the Rams scoring in this game. I don't know why. I do too. The Hawks would stop them. And I, I love Todd Gurley this week too. I, don't, I think he's uh, got a monster game. I, I don't have much faith in that Hawks offense, especially against Bum. Bum Phillips, just the GOAT. I think he'll be just fine calling a game against Russell Wilson. Also, the return of Bobby Woods this week for the Rams should help, certainly help bolster their offensive attack. And then, yeah, let's just talk about this Packers-Panthers real quick. Brett, you've got that Panthers Super Bowl ticket burning in your pocket yet on what 
the market is saying is an even game, three points, let it hang. Uh, you like Green Bay in the spot. You think they're going to rally with the return of the actual GOAT, Aaron Rodgers. I didn't know what to do with this game. I don't know what I like, honestly. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I threw this near the bottom. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I obviously hope the Panthers come through, uh, but I, I just see the Packers rallying behind Rodgers in this spot. Yeah, I took the Panthers and put them at the very bottom. Donnie, you've got the pack towards the middle of your card. What gives you a conviction on Rodgers here? It's Aaron Rodgers. Like Brett said, I see the pack rallying behind their guy. This is their guy. They they pulled that one out last week like we talked about. It, you know, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but they got the win to keep themselves in the fight for a playoff spot. And now they get their franchise quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, back. So... Give me Rodgers. Give me the three points. Let's go. I'm certainly rooting for Green Bay. The playoffs would be a lot more fun with Rodgers and company in there. It'd be, I mean, the NFC, man. What a, what a ridiculous conference compared to the shit show that is the AFC. So that is our split games segment. We'll go over to the Lone Wolves now, where Brett is still the lone wolf goat despite taking a little bit of a tumble last week 2 and 3 with his lone wolves he is still 17 and 6 on the season uh, Donnie went 0 and 1 I went 1 and 0 oh. the only person really close to 500 is Mo who is 9 11 and 1 and I will buzz through his lone wolves really quickly uh, it seems like he has zero confidence in these picks they're all the way at bottom so I guess we could just buzz through him he's got the Chiefs as a pick em, despite talking non-stop about the Chargers in our damn wow. Skype chat I don't understand why he took KC in the spot and then rule of Mo uh, he's got the Ravens minus seven at Cleveland Cleveland not getting those two touchdowns so he's not going to click on the Browns so rule of Mo and Mo being a homer I guess uh, DP will move over to you next You've got a puzzling lone wolf, to say the least. You're laying six and a half with the Atlanta Falcons going on the road on Monday Night Football to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of points in this spot for a Falcons team that snuck by a victory against the Saints but overall has not been too impressive. What do you like in Atlanta to be laying this many points on the road? Not too much. Or do you just hate the Bucks? I'm just I, I do do just hate the Bucks and this one just feels like a total guess to me. Um my last couple of picks just feel like a total guess to me. This one's towards the bottom of my card. I mean I just I can't get behind this Bucks team. I think that they're just absolutely atrocious. Um so I guess I'm just gonna pick the Falcons who could get it together for spurts at a time and, and look like the Falcons like they did last year. So hopefully that's the case and they just roll over this Bucks team who I don't think is is that good specifically in covering uh, wide receivers and Mohamed Sanu and uh, Julio Jones are very good at receiving. Let's keep it in coin flip territory for Brett because his two are low as well. He's going against his boys who just won one of the more fun games of the year in that snow fest in Buffalo. And it seems like it's a great spot playing the team that surprised people the most the previous week. They're only laying three and a half to Miami coming up to the cold weather. And yet you like the Dolphins in this spot, Brett. You love 
Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is just the GOAT. I do. This is a spot where I usually am all over the Bills, just because the Bills typically roll all over the Dolphins in Buffalo. But I am i don't know what's going on at quarterback with the Bills right now. Is Tyrod Taylor going to be ready? I I don't know. And the Dolphins, I, I, love the, I love the hook here at three and a half. I think this is going to be another low-scoring game. And in those games, I, I tend to lean toward the underdog. So give me the three and a half. Who came in when Peter Fuck died? I saw that briefly. Joe Joseph Webb. Oh, Joe Webb got the call. Let's go. Joe Webb has to be better at quarterback than Peter Fuck. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even sure Joe Webb is a quarterback. I, he's he's like he's like the the high school athlete guy who just comes in and plays whatever. That's fine. You can scheme for that. Other than you can rather than Peter Fuck, who you can just take three steps and pray when he releases the ball. Uh, nobody, well, I guess Mo is pretty high on the Bills, but he's not here to state his case. Donnie and I both had the Bills in our bottom four. I just, I like the number. I like that the Dolphins had a great game on Monday Night Football when they're really just not that good. So it might be a good spot if you're comfortable with the quarterback situation to bet on Buffalo. Uh, your other lone wolf is number two all the way at the bottom. You're laying the seven and a half with the Eagles. Uh, is this just you turning your back completely on Big Blue, Brett? Not really. I, d- I didn't really know what to do with this because I didn't know how the market w- would react to Wentz. I felt like there might be a, a slight overreaction because I think Foles, is- Foles might be the best backup in the league. Uh, so that's kind of why. I-, I mean, I hate the number, obviously, but I-, I still think the Eagles are just... The Giants have nothing to play for. This team obviously has given up, as we saw last week. So give me just give me the team that's in the mix right now it's certainly a weird game uh because in my heart of hearts i don't think the difference between Wentz and falls is that much yeah to your point uh, i've been on the Wentz is kind of overrated train the entire season uh, but at the same time this number seems pretty high i've got i've got this on my card uh, i just i don't know it, it, this is the uh rule of professional pride you know this G-Men team that had such a great defense last year, they've been so bad this year. I believe 29th in defense DVOA. If they can just just one for the Gipper, one for Spagnola, maybe, perhaps? I don't know. It, it This should be a spot where the home dog should find a way to get a cover against an Eagles team that is reeling. They had just had two tough West Coast games. They went one and one They snuck out a win against L.A. They can rest on their laurels. They've locked up the division uh, they've pretty much locked up a bye. It seems like a spot where they can coast to like a three or four point victory here, and uh, the Giants can get the back door. But they are the Giants, and they are horrifying. So I could certainly see the Eagles running away with it too. I just, I just gotta think that the home dog can get a cover in this spot. Uh, DP, you nearly had the G-men on your card, believing in Eli in December. Yeah, I just think it's a lot of points. You know, this is an NFC East game. I mean, listen, I'm not that high on the Giants overall, but I think that I just think seven and a half here for the Eagles on the road. They just lost their franchise quarterback. I know Nick Foles isn't that bad, but I'm going to say that they're going to tick down a little bit thinking they're, you know, even though they did lose their franchise quarterback, they should think that they should easily get a win here against the Giants. I think it's an easy spot to slip up enough to allow the Giants to cover. I'm not saying they're going to slip up and lose the game, but seven and a half points I could easily see 
you know, any sort of cover coming in, whether it's inside the number of the whole game, whether it's a back backdoor cover towards the end of the game. I just like the seven and a half here. So quickly to recap, Donnie's got the Falcons, Brett has the Fish and the Eagles, Mo has the Chefs and the Ravens. And we'll keep it with Ravens Browns because Donnie has the number one pick this week and he is taking the seven points with Cleveland. I can see Suck it, Brett Mo. right now. I can see Brett right now, even though he selected the Browns himself in total disgust. We're, no. we're doing this we're doing this again, guys. This was this was the game I wanted to put number one. When I first looked at the lines, I was like, how are the Browns plus seven? Yeah. Because they do what they did last week <laughs> every know. single fucking week. I That's know, but this how is how this is how sick we are though. We keep putting them on the card, even though they keep <laughs> doing this to us every week. Yeah, but if they just I, if they do what they did last week, we still win. So we're good. That's that's a fair point. And, yeah. Uh, we're getting the full seven, ahead. boys. Please, Donnie, please explain. I mean, I, I had the Browns. I also had them high, but I did not have the guff to put them on my card, nor did I have the, the intestinal fortitude to put it number one. So please sell me on this Cleveland. The, the, the Ravens are inept on offense. I don't think that they're good at all. And on defense, ever since Jimmy Smith went out, it's like they just don't know how to play defense anymore, which I find absolutely astonishing under a Harbaugh coach team that they, you know, I understand he was likely their best defensive player, but you still can't put a respectable outfit out there on that side of the ball once that guy goes out. That, to me, seems like lack of preparation, lack of coaching, the horrible scheming. I don't know what it is. Maybe the players just don't give a shit. But, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, they put up, they let up, what, 39 points last week to the Steelers? I mean, it's the Steelers, I understand that, but they always play the Steelers super tough. Those games are always pretty you know, competitive and low scoring. And that one was just a total shootout, which was kind of the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. So that said, I think that the Browns at home getting a full touchdown here, I think they're going to be able to move the ball and put some points on the board. Uh, Josh Gordon just looks like a total freak of nature out there, making wide receiver or cornerbacks look absolutely silly. Uh, And he hasn't played football in like, you know, a decade and a half. But the guy is just a total superstar. Him, Corey Coleman, David Njoku, Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield. I think that the weapons will be there to move the ball downfield. Uh, If the Ravens do get ahead, I'm not too worried about this Ravens defense in this spot. Uh, Sands, Jimmy Smith, and on the other side of the ball, just not worried at all about Joe Flacco. That guy sucks. I just can't wait to hear Moe's reaction when we have the Browns on the card again. Not only, oh my God, how much is Mo going to hate this card? Oh, yeah. yeah, Patriots and Browns. Man, oh man. Uh, next pick is Brett, and he does have the Pats. Do you want to put a closing comment for the New England Patriots? Yeah, they're the best team in football. <laughs> I echo that sentiment. It's sick that you actually think that, both of you. Like, that you can actually sit back... On Thursday, Sunday, Monday, whenever you're watching football, lay two eyes on that team and think they're the best team in the league. They are. What do you want us I'm, to say? I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. <laughs> All right, Mo's up next. So Mo cannot put the Steelers on the card, which is sad, but he can put another home dog that is in a terrific spot, the lowest collective member on this team has them at a 10 out of 15 so very happy the collective will be when they hear that we are selecting the oakland raiders plus the three the cowboys after playing this joke giants team 
as road favorites and covering with pretty much ease. Uh, they get to travel all the way to Oakland against a team that has definitely not played as well as the public thought they would. Uh, they're not even going to sniff their double-digit win total. But they're still contending for a playoff spot, still contending to maybe even win the AFC West. And they're just not as bad as the Giants team that just laid down for uh, against Dallas last week. I mean, according to this line, the Raiders are only a point worse than the Giants, which, while, again, they've played really bad, they are not. Uh, to Brett's point earlier, Dak's not going to be able to get away with the same line as last week. He's not going to be able to just have a tiny A dot and rip off somehow 30 yards for attempts. While this Raiders defense is not too good, there are a bunch of professionals on that field. And guys like Mack are not going to allow Dallas to just walk all over them again. It seems like a great spot. Cowboys would never be not minus nine at home against Oakland. So very happy that Mo took this. Uh, again, I had this on my card. Donnie had it on his card. Brett, you had it right outside. Any trepidations with Oakland on the card? Not at all. This could have very well been on my card. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. The Raiders. I'm going to go up next, and I'm also going to take a home dog. I didn't chime in at all when Donnie was talking about the Falcons because I wanted to hold it because I love the Bucks plus 6.5 in this spot. I mean, the Falcons would not be minus 12.5 at home against this Bucks team. Uh, Bucks have been weird all year. They still continue to be riddled by injuries. Uh, it looks like they might be without Gerald McCoy, uh, who says he tore his biceps, but he's been kind of in and out all season. He's been a turnstile on that defense, uh, not in his play, but just in his injury and activity. But this just seems like way too many points for an offense that while Jameis Winston certainly has the propensity to throw the head scratcher, if they can also move the ball down the field. Bucks uh, lost a close one to the Lions last week at home. Uh, but I feel like they're going to be just fine moving the ball with Evans, Jackson, Brait, O.J. Howard. The Falcons' defense has definitely played better than expected. They certainly have talent across that side of the ball. But I don't know. I just I just see the Bucks being proficient enough on offense to keep pace with Atlanta. And if they don't compete in this game, which I certainly think there's a chance they could give uh, give Atlanta a good fight, I certainly think the back door is going to be wide open. Uh, Mo also had this on his card. Uh, we said that Donnie was on the Falcons, but very low. Uh, Brett, you picked the Bucks, but you have them right in the middle of your card. What would be your hesitation with Tampa Bay in the spot? I don't really have any hesitation at all. I wanted to put this on my card. I just like some of these other games better. Uh, division game in prime time. We've seen the dog cover in nearly all of these spots this season, especially lately. And uh, a weird sandwich spot for the Falcons here with a look ahead to New Orleans next week and then uh, Carolina after that. So... I still think the Falcons are overvalued, and honestly, I don't think they're all that much better than Tampa. So this line is a couple points off. I, I'm i actually disappointed I don't have this on my card, but um, I'm glad we have it in our top five. Yeah, it's it's the one thing that gave me pause was that Atlanta was is coming up extra rest, but that extra yeah. rest comes after a very 
tough Saints game. And like you said right before, another Saints game that they got to get ready for in Week 16. This line just seems inflated. And uh, not only division game, but uh, second game uh, within the division, which tends to be closer than the first. Uh, scoring tends to be limited as well. So, yeah, I, I can certainly see the Bucks winning outright. But yeah. uh, I, I certainly think that they can stay within the 6.5 even if they don't. So the card so far, we've got the Browns plus 7, the Patriots, yuck, minus 3, the Raiders plus 3, and the Bucks plus 6.5. We do not have the computer voice this week, unfortunately, but I can tell you that it would have sounded very similar to last week because we are taking it would actually would sound exactly the same because we're once again taking the Chicago Bears plus a seven plus a five and a half at Detroit this made everybody's card except for Brett Brett you're kind of low on this uh you've been pretty happy about all your picks so far so you might be a little more confident than uh than I would gather by looking at your confidence rankings but you have this as a six out of 15 what is your hesitation with Chicago here uh, my hesitation is, is that they looked the best last week. That's right. Rule of Mo. So that's why it's near my bottom five. Uh, that is my biggest concern, is that the market has uh, reacted to last week's win. But When didn't... really it was a perfect spot against a beat-up Bengals team. So it, it definitely was a spot gifted from God if you, if you wanted to bet on Chicago. But did, it feels like, like, would they ever make Detroit a touchdown favorite here? It yeah, this like, line is still too high. Right? Like, it seels like if they corrected it, it was by, like, a point or a point and a half. As opposed to, like, somehow opening this Bears plus three and a half or Bears plus four. Uh, again, it's hard to do that with the Lions uh, gutting out a, a three-point victory on the road in Tampa. And the, the Lions remaining somewhat of a public side uh, going back to last year where they just kept outperforming expectations. A little bit of a public lean, 55% on the Lions, but certainly not what you would expect this time of the year when a team with a winning record takes on a team as bad as Chicago. Uh, DP, you had the Bears number two, uh, 14 out of 15, so you must be elated to have Chicago on the card. Yeah, I just really like this Bears defense. I like the way that the team in general has been playing. I don't really care too much about the Lions or think I'm that high on them at all. Uh, and I think five and a half points is too high. I capped this closer to three and a half, maybe four, um, but five and a half is too much for me. I understand, you know, Brett's trepidation in terms of the Bears played absolutely amazing last week, and you're supposed to sort of avoid these spots, but I just can't. I mean, everything that I tried to do to avoid putting them high on my card, I just kept getting pulled back in. So the Bears it is. I love the pick. They're my number two of the week. So let's go Chicago. The card, Browns plus seven, Pats minus three, Raiders plus three, Bucks plus six and a half, and the Bears plus five and a half. We had three consensus picks this week. The one that did not make the card was the Saints minus 15 and a half and... Brett said earlier that Nick Foles might be the best backup. Bryce Petty can certainly be the worst backup in football. I think this Saints game is an absolute slam dunk. I don't see why the Saints don't win this game by 21. It feels like Jets-Cardinals last year when 
the Jets ran into an Arizona buzzsaw on Monday Night Football. And we all, we actually had Cardinals minus seven on the card, which is very out of character for us. And the Cardinals won that game by 20. So Mo actually, Mo put the Saints on his card. Which, wow. Which is, I'm, this, it feels like rape and billage, man. I don't know why New Orleans wouldn't win this game by infinity. And Mo certainly has the conviction as well. Mo. Mo's not going to be too upset. Of course, he didn't get his Steelers pick on. He actually got the inverse in the Patriots. But he's got the Raiders, the Bears, and the Bucks on his card. So he's got three of his picks on the card. So he can't be too upset uh, with what we came up with. So hopefully he's enjoying himself in Prague. And that's the show. Week 15. Anybody got any semi-sweats? Brett, any fantasy season-long semi-sweats for you? I got one semifinal out of three. Kind of a disappointing letdown fantasy year for me, but uh, it happens. What about you, DP? Yeah, I got I got one fantasy sweat out of four. Uh, need to win it to get into the money, so let's make it happen. I've got two, and they're both hometown leagues. One of them is both a hometown and my biggest buy-in, so it's like just the sweatiest matchup ever. And uh, I'm I'm facing off against one of our most loyal listeners, the winner of the contest last year, uh, Mr. T Park, and he actually offered a save. Uh, he he wants to do a little swap action, and uh, I told him to fuck off. Yeah, what and the fuck said, is that shit? Gamble? And, what and the he, hell? And he uh, he he said that he can't wait to screenshot that and put it in the group chat on Monday, uh, but it's it's not gonna happen. I'm actually going to give you some more bulletin board material, T Park. I, I'm going. It's going to just like Saints Jets. It's going to be rape and pillage this week. So, apologies for you not getting your hundred dollar save. You're just going to have to uh, to eat my dust. Just like everybody's eating my dust in the winds pool. I don't think I ever discussed it on this podcast, but thanks to the the wisdom of Brett, I have both the Chargers and the Panthers in a winds pool, and because of my own testicular fortitude. I took the Jags like absurdly high. I took the Jags like twenty seconds. In the How good is that? How good is that trio? Well done. <laughs> so I'm just I'm eating everybody's lunch in that too. So it's it's uh it's been a good year for for RTR running like Rich Ryan once and forever. And that's the show. Uh, follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters and at Brett Colson C O. L-L-S-O-N. Send your super contest selections to either at Gridiron Gamble or we accept email gridirongamblepodcast at gmail.com. Best of luck in all your betting ventures and your season-long DFS plays as well. We'll catch you next week at a more regularly scheduled program with much better sound, I promise. But until then, peace out.